Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and myself begin our discussion on Article 7 of the Augsburg Confession. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bowe, and I have with me... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Brian Rickey. Yes, thank you for joining us today as we uh, launch out on a new uh, section here of our podcast. Yeah, we moved on to Article 7 of Mm -hmm. the Augsburg Confession. It's just a really... It's almost serving as a transition mm-hmm. article because we were coming from the of the ministry and the yeah. focus on the means of grace that we had with the last series. But it's really a shorter article and the meat and potatoes we're going to have on mm-hmm. church business and church mm-hmm. structure meat and everything. And <laughs> upper Midwest, that's <laughs> right. We get gravy every, too. Yeah. yeah, right. Every meal in the Upper Midwest must have bread and potatoes and meat. Yes. Every single yeah. meal I grew up with. Uh, but article Article 8 is really going to spend a lot more time on the doctrine of the church on real ecclesiastes, or, uh, ecclesi- ecclesiology. Ecclesiology, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so this is more or less a hinge article, which we've seen already mm-hmm. in the Augsburg Confession. Remember, one of our uh, kind of continuing themes through working through the articles are that there's a definite order and structure to the articles of the Augsburg Confession. They're not just a a sterile uh, listing of theological topics, much like uh, a systematic theology would be. That's mm-hmm. it's not how uh, it's intended to be. There's a buildup in the first few articles. Uh, of what we confess than you have at the heart and center in Article 4, Justification. Mm-hmm. And we've been flowing out of Justification for a couple articles, and now this article will serve as a launching point uh, through the next several articles and, and will make mm-hmm. uh, their content have a little bit more of a logical flow to it as well. Mm-hmm. Cool. There's almost like a like a musical flow of, of like in a symphony where there's a, a flowing of ideas and thoughts that are connected together. And and I wonder if it's the case, and, and this is entirely conjecture on my part. I don't know it. I, I suspect it. But I wonder with the bureaucratic way we've set up the church today, mm-hmm. and we'll be talking a little bit about church structure, and the, the, the nature of... 20th and 21st century communication being information dump. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it seems like ever since mass media started with the advent, especially of TV, and I suppose you could go back to radio, where we have the ability to communicate a large amount of information instantaneously and rapidly, and mm-hmm. really the, the internet is the epitome of that, right? Yeah. We've lost a little bit of the artfulness of communication and mm-hmm. what you're saying. There's this, like mm-hmm. this symphonic yeah. element to this and we don't order our information in quite the same way, nor do we use the rhetoric and in, in, we're not talking about that like in the political right. sense in, or in the, a good way. The, the having a logical flow of thought, right. being yeah. able to organize opinions and thoughts and things like that is what we're talking about. We don't do that even so much with logic involved, it's just the next topic. Mm-hmm. And, and I wonder if that's a product of the times or not. It's, mm. I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about it, but I have thought about it uh, occasionally. And, and, and there certainly is 
something to it. I mean, none of the books we see in Scripture are structured that way, save for maybe Proverbs. And I think there's more of a structure to Proverbs than we get it credit for. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. most of the th- people that will teach Proverbs will kind of teach it's just random, pithy mm-hmm. statements, and it's not. But I mean, the flow of the biggest books in Scripture, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Genesis, uh, and, and the four Gospels, there's an artfulness to it as well as a chronology and a structure. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, I think Lutherans would do a better job of pointing that out. But I, I think mm-hmm. maybe modern theologians should be more conscious of presenting their, you know, whatever they're talking about in that artful way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. And I also think that, you know, as we get into this article of the church, you know, this time, these months have been uh, really a questioning, what are what are we doing as a church <laughs> with, with COVID or what is the church? And and I know our church has been asking that question, you know, what are, what, what makes up church and what, uh, <laughs> what are we missing when we can't meet in person and, and those types of questions. And so it's, it's fitting that we're talking about this today, mm. thinking about the church. I think it's, you know, we'll be able to look back at our present time in these unprecedented times <laughs> now more than ever. Uh, pick your, your COVID buzz phrase. New normal. Yeah, the new normal. But I wonder if we won't be able to look back on this time in history and and be able to say definitively that COVID finally put the church growth movement hmm. into crisis mm-hmm. because we have had to sit down and have those topic, you know, those conversations mm-hmm. on top of what is the church. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, this is just another nail in the coffin of scripture and theology slash doctrine slash even dogma mm-hmm. are irrelevant to what we're going through right now. And that is completely false. You know, scripture written millennia ago, the Reformation centuries ago, the 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 topics that they were wrestling with, the items they were communicating with are eminently relevant. They're they're not solely products of the history that they came out of. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, should we jump should we wrap? in? Oh, yeah. oh wait, yeah. we're not oh. done. <laughs> no, I, I was just kind of thinking about the same thing. I, I, if you go back to yeah. another question as to losing the artfulness of language, I think some of that is just lethargy. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think that we're, I think we get used to a, a, a other people speaking for ourselves. And I think that, the artfulness of thinking and you, the use of logic and formulating an argument has become infected with that clickbait mentality, you mm-hmm. know, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if mm-hmm. that's a, a large portion of why we as Christians have lost some of that artfulness mm-hmm. of of communicating God's word and communicating the truths of God's word. Mm-hmm. Clickbait or, I mean, you, again, social media. Tweets. Yeah, yeah we, tweet we, we've reduced our theology to sloganizing. You know, can I say it in 288 characters or less? I still haven't gotten used to saying that instead of 140 characters. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, Twitter upended the whole world and doubled its, <laughs> its microblogging load right. a couple of years ago. But and to that end, I've kind of used Facebook now as more of a blogging platform yeah. where when I post, it'll be longer posts. Mm-hmm. But I find, you know, 
people don't read long posts. You know, right. if you if you can't say it in one or two sentences, people aren't going to read it and interact with you. Yep. And and that also, you know, the church needs to fight to change that. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we we need to be involved in the process of exercising Christians' brains mm-hmm. without making our theology a system of reason and log- logic. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a both and not an yep. either or. Yep. Yep, good. All right. So let's get into the uh, I'll read the uh, Article 7 of the Augsburg Confession from bookofconcord.org. I always feel like I need to say that like the, the flame says, Book of Concord. Yeah, we, yeah. well, you need a Can't cadence to yeah, your, right. uh, <laughs> add some soul to your reading, oh, Bo. Boy. Uh, <laughs> all right, anyway, <laughs> Article 7 of the church says, uh, number one, also they teach that one holy church is to continue forever. The church is a congregation of saints in which the gospel is rightly taught and the sacraments are rightly administered. Number two, and to the true unity of the church, it is enough to agree concerning the doctrine of the gospel, and three, the administration of the sacraments. Nor is it necessary that uh, human traditions, that is, rites or ceremonies instituted by men, should be everywhere alike. As Paul says, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, etc. Ephesians 4, 5-6. through six. All right, that's it. Really mm-hmm. brief article, yeah. uh, but it is not without content. Right, it, it's really uh, loaded in there, and, and from the beginning, we, we we kind of pull a phrase that that is kind of danced around at the end of this article. What this ends up being is about church unity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, right. which is important. I I, I don't <laughs> know. Yeah. how much the very first generation of Lutherans mm-hmm. understood how much they would be accused of being schismatic mm-hmm. of fracturing the church but there are uh there are popular non-roman catholic theologians today mm-hmm. who look back at the reformation as something negative rather than positive mm-hmm. because they see it that the church fractured mm-hmm. now on the one hand from the lutheran perspective uh, the Lutherans never thought, and especially Luther never thought we were breaking with the historic church. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luther thought it was the Pope and the Roman Catholics of his day who were the schismatics, yeah, who right. had broken from the thread mm-hmm. of history flowing out of the New Testament. Uh, on the other hand, uh, we come out of this understanding that this fracture served a very important purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- talking about what church unity is mm-hmm. and w- w- how it works. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't play well on radio, <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, but he, he's got a lower profile now than he did four or five years ago. But there's this cartoonist named Adam Ford right. who... Uh, he all of if his you, stuff if you is known. It is for the number four D. Yeah, it looks like Adam four D. Right, yeah. that's all his stuff on social media and his mm-hmm. website. Came up with a a, a comic and, and you can search for it. But the, there's there's two windows in the strip, and, the, and they're both an identical group of people. And and the first group, uh, the the one guy says, "We're all Christians here. Look at all of this unity we have. Let's organize some truths around this unity." Mm. And the way the generic American church 
does unity is that window. Mm-hmm. Let's let's claim unity and let's try to find out, you know, let's let's just say these are the things we're unified mm-hmm. in. And, and, and to the end that that happens, what it what it really turns out is that the American church wants people to basically be non-denominational Baptists. Right. We throw everything. Any kind of Baptist. Any kind of Baptist you want to be. And it's it's not a knock on Baptists. It's just when you start abandoning some of those core beliefs that make you who you are, Mm -hmm. that's what it ends up looking like. And and Mm -hmm. we just want to call that unity. Right. The second frame, again, identical group of people, same person speaking, and he says, we're all Christians here. Look at all this truth we have. Mm-hmm. Let's organize some unity around these truths. And, and that is more or less mm-hmm. what the Lutherans in the Augsburg Confession here in Article 7 are saying. Yeah. Yep. It's what truths can we agree on yep. and what are the hierarchy of those truths? Mm-hmm. And, and for the Lutherans, it becomes a matter of word and sacrament. Yeah. Now, we classify that because... We almost don't agree with the sacraments, uh, on the sacraments with anyone. You know, mm-hmm. in, in fact, uh, what is really strange is the closest view of the sacraments to the Lutherans are the Roman Catholics. Mm-hmm. But uh, we would acknowledge that Calvinists and the Reformed mm-hmm. and Presbyterian and Baptists and yeah. and other Protestant groups yeah. and Arminians are Christians, are a part right. of the yep. church Catholic. And the mark is that where the gospel is preached mm-hmm. and where the sacraments are administered. Mm-hmm. Now, we would say we disagree about our confession of the sacraments, mm-hmm. but guess what? Baptists have baptism. Yeah, right. And, and Methodists serve communion. And what this does is it establishes some groundwork where if there's a group of people that reject the sacraments, we say that's out of bounds. It's it's actually the main objection we should have in the church with the Salvation Army. The Mm -hmm. Salvation Army rejects the sacraments. Mm -hmm. And it's also this very reason and the confession of the Trinity, which is at the heart and soul of the gospel. Uh, There's one for you, Brian. I mentioned the Trinity. (laughs) Why we can exclude uh, Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons mm-hmm. from the scope and the umbrella of the Christian church. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we ought to be very wary mm-hmm. that a growing number of Christians consider both Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses mm. to be denominations of Christianity, mm-hmm. and they are not. Right. And so what we what we end up finding is on the one hand denominations serve an incredibly important purpose Mm -hmm. because they sort out unity. They're not there for the purpose of division, Mm -hmm. but they allow us to say, this is what I believe, and here is the group that I line up with. On the other hand, we completely reject the version of denominationalism that says, my little group <laughs> is the first group to get it right since the apostles. Mm-hmm. And isn't Jesus lucky to have us on our team that we finally <laughs> sorted it out after right. all these years? Yep. The, the, the schismatic part of denominationalism is to be rejected. Right. But the, the, the unity and, and the mm-hmm. organizational aspect right. is something we should actually be grateful for. Yeah. So how would you define schismatic? I, it's, I can't imagine that's a word we use on an everyday basis. I, I feel like I need to say <laughs> bless you when you say yeah, it's schismatic. schismatic. Well, schismatic. It's, <laughs> I, I don't think there's a hard and fast answer. I, I yeah. think you have to look at it on a case-by-case basis. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I'm not going to name names here, but I'll pick on the Lutheran Church because I, for a long time we don't pick... 
uh, on Lutherans. But mm-hmm. there's a Lutheran group that will go unnamed that legitimately had a church split over the doctrine of when the elements of communion become the body and blood of Christ. Hmm. Like at what moment? That's schismatic. Mm-hmm. That, that, that is beyond the purpose of the sacrament and the teaching of scripture. That mm-hmm. is, that is uh, philosophical meandering, yeah, <laughs> which right. is what the philosophers are yep. mostly capable of doing. Yeah. Um, the difference between Lutheran and, and Presbyterian mm-hmm. and Reformed and Methodist and your main denominational traditions, I think is a healthy thing. Mm-hmm. I, you know, for for the purposes of oversimplifying things in, in teaching a point, I group Christianity mm-hmm. into four main categories. Yeah, that flow, that, that's helpful. You know, yeah, go ahead. We've got the Roman Catholics and the Orthodox. And, and I will confess, because of lack of knowledge, I don't really know what to do with the Orthodox churches, and that's capital O. <laughs> they right. are in communion, yeah. you know, with each other. And they so, do, the Roman Catholic Church sees the Orthodox um, Greeks and most most of the Orthodox Church as um, brothers and sisters yeah. in the sense that like the Missouri Senate um, communes with the Wisconsin Senate. And and the, so, well, that, yeah. that's actually that fellowship is broken now. The Missouri oh, Senate is in fellowship sorry, with the ALC <laughs> and the ELS. Uh, Did but, they become schismatic? No, well, <laughs> I think there's I think there's at, at some point I think there's an accusation we can make of Lutherans. But anyway, that, a but, Catholic would say that uh, or Orthodox communion is valid. They would say that. Hmm. So yeah, so it's I group the Orthodox with the uh, Roman Catholics for the purpose of tradition, and even the the true English Anglican. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. if you go back to its original roots, it's very very close, very very similar. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Anglicans started as English Catholics. Yeah. is basic because of Henry the Eighth. Yeah. <laughs> that just accepted divorce. Yeah, mm-hmm. basically <laughs> the sacrament of marriage is what it comes yeah. back to. So that's one tradition. Mm-hmm. Lutherans are in their own tradition. <laughs> Leave it to us. To well, but have our own bucket. Calvinists are in a separate tradition. Yep. And that yep. would Calvinists pull from several different denominations. Mm-hmm. Presbyterians, there's yeah. you know, the Reformed, there's there Reformed Southern Baptists. Southern Baptists. Yeah. Yeah, right. And then the final one is the Arminian tradition. Mm-hmm. And as far as Protestants are concerned, uh, the the big split is between Calvinists and Arminians. Mm-hmm. And and which is why Lutherans need to be a separate category. Mm-hmm. And Lutherans aren't in fact Protestant anymore. We're Lutheran. And Arminian <laughs> has its roots from Charles Wesley, right? Well, Arminian before Wesley there was Jacob Arminius. Yeah, exactly. And and that's but it's it's the the way the reason I group this this way is the four main traditions, and I'm I'm not interested in parsing it out anymore mm-hmm. because w- 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 the reason I group them in those four branches are what is is the centrality of their identity. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for Roman Catholics in that branch, the centrality of their identity is the church. Mm-hmm. You know, the Pope is the head of the church. The, the church is in control of the teaching. Uh, everything, I mean, Roman Catholic practice, Roman Catholic tradition, Roman Catholic doctrine makes sense if you understand the emphasis of the Roman Catholic Church is, in fact, the existence of the church. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, we'll, we'll, we round back to Lutherans. Uh, we'll, we'll do them last. So, Calvinist doctrine, and I've argued with this on Calvinists, and some agree with me and some don't, but from a Lutheran assessment of Calvinist doctrine, the center of their identity is the sovereignty of God. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, 
if the sovereignty of God is the foundation, then tulip Calvinism makes a ton of sense. Mm -hmm. It absolutely flows out of that. And so you structure it. The Arminian wing, the centrality of their existence is on the personal relationship with Jesus. And so you can classify that as free will. You can classify that as decision theology, but everything, their view of the sacraments, Mm -hmm. their view of sanctification, their view of worship, Mm -hmm. all flows out of that central, that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, Lutherans, kind of on our own island here, we don't disagree with Catholics about the importance of the church. Mm -hmm. We just don't order it at the center. We don't disagree with Calvinists about the sovereignty of God. Mm -hmm. We just don't put that at the the center. center. And we don't disagree with the Arminians about a need for a personal Mm -hmm. relationship with Jesus. We just don't put it at the center. And and where it's unfair, but I say it this way because of the way Lutheran doctrine works, is at the center of the Lutheran system is the cross. Mm -hmm. The cross defines everything you do. Now, some people I think might put long gospel there. Uh, but I think long gospel comes under the cross because it's the cross is the, the central event of scripture. Mm-hmm. And so everything we do flows through the cross. And that's how we understand the sacraments. It's how we understand the existence of the church. Mm-hmm. It's how we understand subjective justification, which gets us back to the Arminians mm-hmm. and all of that. So that's why I have those four categories. And now mm-hmm. there, there are some systems that don't fit neatly into one of those categories. Pentecostalism mm-hmm. kind of is hard to define. I put them with the Arminians, although there are some Pentecostal Calvinists and there are some charismatic yeah. Lutherans. And, right. yep. You know, it's it's a generalization to help us with the categories, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's all that it is. And so, kind of the basis of this article, and, and we spent an entire episode setting it <laughs> right. up, yeah. uh, the basis yeah. of this article is where does our unity yeah. come from? Yeah. And that's the structure of what was read. It comes from the gospel and the sacraments, mm-hmm. word and sacrament. Yep. Amen. Well, that's a good place to kind of end there. And Le- I, leave them hanging for yeah, more. Cliffhanger. Yeah, cliffhanger. Join us. Why do we get to the episode? actual content? Yeah, here we go. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22, I thought would be appropriate. It says this, So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as we continue our discussion on Article 7 of the Augsburg Confession. God bless you and have a great week.